Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time to drop the puck. Time for the Nightcap. Your home for news and insider info on your Vegas Golden Knights and the NHL. Let's hear from the goalie. Here's Lindsey Brown. Greetings and salutations. Welcome back to the Nightcap. We are here each and every Monday night from, what is it, 5 p.m.? 5 p.m. to 6. It's going to be a little bit shorter of a shift tonight, but not by much. We will still have plenty of time to break down the latest two victories for your Vegas Golden Knights, as well as some, I won't say mid-season grades because we're not there quite yet, but we'll just say like the quarter system. We're on the middle school type of timeline here. And to help me break down all of the great things that are your nearly undefeated Golden Knights is my trusty co-host, Paul Ihander. <laughs> nearly undefeated. Nearly Nearly, Paul. Uh, the blemish. We that are. Is the one loss. We are going to find a way to try to poke and prod this team that is, you know, still flying around despite that layoff from uh, the old COVID pause. Alex Petrangelo still was not in the lineup over the weekend. Coach DeBoer says he probably missed one more game. I mean, we got We got to make sure we we jump all the hurdles, we cross all the I's, dot all the T's, you know, those English language things. And uh, hopefully he can get back into this lineup. But I'm not saying that they didn't miss him. But in terms of the win column, they didn't miss him, Paul. No. What, what stuck out to you the most uh, against the Kings this weekend as they secured a 5-2 a to two victory on Friday and a 4-3 to three one yesterday afternoon? Well, first of all, the layoff didn't hurt them at all. No. It really didn't. We scored right away, Paul. Well, ready. Uh, the fact that the fact that they were ready to go, uh, that the team again was able to, you know, hitch up to Mark Andre Fleury, who you know nearly earned everybody donuts, except for, a couple, except for a couple of late goals in that Kings game. It showed you that while the Kings were a game enough team, that the Knights are still just that much better. And, you know, you see how the West has been shaping up so far and the Knights who found themselves in third place or fourth place after the, the COVID break, I guess is what we could call it. Now we're right back up at the top of the ledger. First place. A couple of wins, a couple of solid efforts. Yesterday's, Sunday's was a little shaky. There's you can no, tell it was Super Bowl Sunday. There's Paul. there's no doubt about it. Well, early games tend to do that, I think, too. I'm not a big fan of the 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock starts. No, it sucks. It's just not. I mean, regardless. You wake up early, Paul. I've had to play a few of those myself. Well, not regardless fun. of. You know, the the media who have to get in the building and the fans who eventually will get back into the building, too, you know, just it tends to be a little bit either sloppier or choppier hockey, as I like to call it. Mm-hmm. You know, you've you've got you got a couple of guys that might skate incredibly well, but it usually I mean, for the most part, ends up being a ridiculously scoring game where it's not the sharpest of goals by any means. But, no. you know, for the Knights to, to put up four yesterday to jump out, jump out ahead and, and take care of them. You know, it's, it's a good sign. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. You know, it's 
again, on a Sunday afternoon with an early start can be a little bit rough, but we're, they're back into, I guess, I guess the rhythm now of the regular season, which is one-on, one-off, one-on, one-off, one-on, one-off. The layoff didn't hurt them at all. We saw, again, you know, the, the right guy is stepping up at the right times. Mark Stone right now can do no wrong. It's very Literally cl- cannot do any wrong, Paul. It's very clear, and, you know, Stevenson, you know, putting a couple of, uh, biscuits in the in the good to see him getting getting his well. name put first when he's usually involved with that line which is doing a lot of the scoring as for of sure late. and I you, you you talk about rating players and what you want to look at but I'm like I look at Stevenson and here's a guy that they need to start thinking about a little bit more about locking him down long term oh yeah really well, just, just look at how Max and, Pacioretty and Mark Stone talk about him and and his presence on the line because he, that guy can freaking skate and and that was. Very apparent from the first game that he was here when they traded for him last year, because if I'm not mistaken, he scored in his debut and it was on a breakaway that he created with his legs. And the thing is, with guys like that, you know, Pacioretty and Stone are such talents within themselves. And, and but you're like, how do we get these guys to go to the next layer? How can we take some pressure off of them so they can they can find an even different level of greatness? And the way that this league is moving is with speed. And and for what he provides as an outlet for for Mark Stone, for Max Pacioretty, for the defenders, it is invaluable to this team because he also is able to capitalize on those same plays. Mark Stone can, you know, break that puck out himself, have a guy hanging off and, and go score it. But you know what? What if he only has to go two thirds of that? Because you have Stevenson streaking down and shooting his shot and going short side as well. And, and the thing, the thing about the the series this weekend was was goaltending on both sides. Because not only did teams manage to get on the board early, the the Knights uh, on Friday were scored within uh, the first minute or so of the game, and then yesterday it was the 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 Kings themselves. But to have the confidence to do that and to shoot it and to hit that shot. That was one of the shots that the Golden Knights struggled with last year where they were sailing those when they were, you know, not necessarily playing their best hockey, but getting the opportunities. And that's where this team is earning it in all three areas of the zone. And and that first line is the perfect example of that because all of them work down low with the defense to get the puck broken out and spring those opportunities and to capitalize on them. It's not only huge for the confidence in game, but it just shows you more and more as you continue to perform at that level. This is how you win hockey games. This is the right way. It's not just getting these breakaways. It's grinding it out, springing it out, and then capitalizing on your opportunities. I think the differences between this year's team and last season, I guess, which wasn't even that long ago, is that it looks like the Knights are playing a little bit more with purpose. Mm-hmm. On the ice, Intention. I don't. Well, it, you know, I, I wanted to stay away from that word, but the purpose that I see, just in terms of the setup and where they're going, uh, it doesn't. There's not. Last year, I felt, especially in the bubble, there were some games where you would watch the Knights, and it felt like they were just kind of going through wasted motion almost. It was like they didn't know. Once the puck started moving, they were okay, but there were those moments where they were just kind of holding on to it, and you would see them. There was that split second of like indecision. It was like, where do I yep, go from here? And it mm-hmm. feels a little bit more automatic now, and that's just a small little teeny thing that right. I've noticed between, again, the time in the bubble and now that we've restarted here in right. these nine Instead games. Instead of taking two rocks and trying to spark them and start the fire, we're, we're now, you know, we're going to get kindling. We're going to bring the two sticks and we're going to do this and we're going to feed the fire. And that's the thing, because when you're when you play on a team that 
lives and dies based off of their like scoring production, based off of those good vibes. That's where if your confidence isn't there, it gets you into trouble. And that's why Peter DeBoer is the coach of this team. That's why his system play, the the structure that we've talked so much about on this program and the playmakers, that's where it's most important because not every game is going to be like that. Not every game you're going to go out and have a breakaway and score initially right away. Sometimes the very next night, it happens to you. And guess what? Your team has to now support the goaltender that is struggling through some things, that is struggling through the little things and finding his best game. When you're playing that liar, liar, pants on fire type of uh, of uh, game we played last year, it is so much tougher for, for, the, for the non-scoring players to find their purpose, to find their best self, because the team is so focused on scoring goals and doing it a certain way but now because I have the support in the D zone I know that the team is going to give me you know stick taps on the bench when I make a big save early on in the second period even though I am struggling like that's the glue that holds the team together rather than just trying to put push everything in the middle and and, and just seeing if, if it's going to be enough because teams like that this year like I don't know the Edmonton Oilers that are scoring tons of goals they are five and six for a reason Paul because they don't have the defensive structure. They don't have the goaltending. They don't have the support network outside of the good vibes that Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, um provide for the team. And that's not enough to be a sustainable success. And and that's why I agree with you, Paul. There's there's a building in each game individually, but also in the, just the team's confidence of the sustained success and what it takes to play like that night in and night out, despite all the adversity this team has had to go through in the last few weeks. Well, it's the first chance again, they're you know being off on a Monday night and they get a, they see Anaheim for the first time in February. So we've seen the ducks before and they played us close to start the season. Correct. Too. They did play us close, but we're again, looking at the teams and where where the Knights have rolled through the Yotes and the ducks. And then we had the pause after the one game with the blues, which was a winnable game. But about Burn burner as right. those tend to be with that jersey on Correct. the opposition. Correct, but it was it was certainly winnable. But these teams that they're facing again, any given night, blah blah blah. You'll hear it over and over again. But it's Anaheim and the Sharks, and it feels like the first time. And it's good that they're getting their legs underneath them and they're building that confidence, mm-hmm. you know, game by game as they move in because you know they do have Colorado for four straight games. Right, and Colorado's not playing right now, and and like you said, there there's any given night, but. It, it's not all wins are created equal, Paul. You could win a game seven nothing. You could win it five to two. You could win it kind of like how you won it on on Friday night, where you chased Jonathan Quick, you know, really early in the second period. Which honestly, he could have been pulled in the first. And I was very sad, Paul, because he is literally my favorite goalie. And it might be not he's not done, but he's not one A anymore. And I expected more from Cal Peterson yesterday, and he was clearly not in uh, tethered correctly to his crease as he was kind of sliding everywhere. And when you see that from from players that are so important to the overall health of the team, it's easy to just kind of start licking your chops a little bit. But disciplined hockey is winning hockey. And the more that you push that off later into the season, be like, we'll start playing that hockey later. We'll start taking care of the little things later. That type of mindset leaks into the games themselves, and especially against opponents that you know that you're better than. And but the thing is, when you have that mindset, that's what creates habits, and that's what creates you know more work for you down the road. And so it just seems like this team is committed 
to doing things the hard way, the right way, the tough way. I'm gonna I'm gonna take some hits down low. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, defer this game because I know that this is, this game isn't about me because basic based off of what this team is giving me, I know this that I need to adjust my expectation of what is asked of me tonight. And that's something that I didn't see as often for the Golden Knights last year, whether it was by conscious choice. But these guys see seem bought in. And when you're getting rewarded the way you are, it's hard not to, to believe in yourself and to believe in the system and to believe in the C and, and, and all the things that are going so well for the Knights because it's never going to be perfect. I mean, Marshy said it in, in his press availability today. Mistakes are going to be made because we are human beings and imperfect beings. But it's not wavering in your belief in your role in your mission for that for that shift and for the mission of this team that allows it to roll with the punches that allows it to not panic despite giving up two goals on their first two shots last night we got this we're not remember when we talked about the keys to the game leading up to the first game against the kings is about about responding and after that first goal yesterday, well, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't five minutes, but it wasn't, you know, 30 seconds later. But they were there and they scored right away. And then, you know what? The Kings went out and scored an even worse goal for Robin Leonard to give up. But that's OK, because we're going to pick our buddy up. We're going to support him. We're going to score right away and not give any sort of space or time to the L.A. Kings that think that they're in this or think that they can grind their way to this game. Because there were periods where like, oh, L.A. kind of looks like the better team here. But guess what? We shut things down. They didn't get it. Three to three. Know what, know what period team this is? Third period team. That belief in that system and that belief in, in each other is what separates teams from being good and being great. Well, and, and they're laying down the tracks yeah, right sure, now. Certainly, and it's certainly helping them, too, and they're doing it with a little bit of defensive inconsistency just in terms of lineups, too. 100%. Just with, you know, Relying with, on really young guys. Right, with Petro out of the lineup, it's it hasn't been you know steady for the last couple of games. It's very clear. We've seen some call-ups. They started the season, remember, with just five mm-hmm. defensemen and finally called up the 6-1 when, you know... And they played mostly five yesterday because Nick Holden wasn't playing a ton of time. Right, but you, you see... You see them being able to do this, and again, and product, confident. product of the system, building the confidence night in and night out, mm-hmm. and when you know Petro eventually comes back and rounds himself self out into, and having the fitness to be able to return, this could be an even much more dangerous team than it is right now, because I think a lot of the West, and it's strange to be able to say this just after you know, roughly less than a month of play, and the fact that this this team did sit for you know a week and a half nice, yeah, yeah we're, we weren't talking about the Knights hockey on the ice we were talking about their health off the ice that the rest of this you know division you know the ones that are starting to look up a little bit harder mm-hmm. are looking at this team not you know they're putting the targets back on the back of the Knights which you know may not have been there at the start of the season because we didn't know what we were facing with they were good on paper right now that we're seeing the execution on the ice and again I wish we were you know only giving up one or two goals as opposed to four three or four right but still it's a win is a win is a win right and you're getting it from from guys that you know teams don't necessarily devise their own or their whole game plan around I mean Mark Mark Stone is good for one or two points every night right now. The only game that he has not found the score sheet was the one to nothing win where Carlson did against Arizona. But, like, look at who opened up scoring on Friday. Nicholas Hag, first goal, or not his first goal ever, but first goal of the season. You have a goal from Mark Stone, a goal from Jonathan Marshall. There's two lines and your second pair defenseman. William Carlson adds one. There's another one for your second line. Cody Glass on that power play goal. We're going to be looking back on that power play goal for Cody Glass on Friday as probably the thing that flipped a switch for that kid. Because 
for a guy that got a lot of crap last year for getting pushed around because he was undersized and whose body paid for it, but spent the season healing and then putting muscle on his body, his screen and taking away of the eyes and, and battling in front of the net on the PK where, you're, where basically the refs say, yeah, you can cross check the hell out of these guys because you have the man advantage. He scores that goal. And that is such a huge confidence booster for him on that inclusion of that unit, because there has to be a little imposter syndrome as there is with all young players who just being Holy crap, I'm here. Let alone him on a power play unit with Carlson, Stone, Patch Ready, and Shea Theodore. For him to make good on that. And then yesterday, you know, Riley Smith, who we never give credit to, he's probably one of the most consistent player on the team. And Zach Whitecloud, like these guys aren't just scoring, they're shooting their shot. And and they don't do that if they don't feel supported by the guys around them and don't have the belief in the older guys and the respect. And that has to be earned by this by by every team, by every hockey player. But when you ha- see this type of of mixture so early on in the season, it's hard not to get excited about this team, even if they are dropping a couple here and there, which they haven't really yet. And there, more adversity will be there. Petrangelo getting inserted back into this lineup is going to be a little piece of adversity because that that comes with a lot of ripple effects across multiple uh, situations. But people are bought into their role because they're bought into the common goal. And that is all what winning hockey is. That is what a, cult, a a healthy hockey culture is. And it's hard not to be excited, Paul, even though sometimes they drive me insane. <laughs> they do. They certainly they do. They do indeed, Paul. But we are going to talk about all the players that drive me insane because we have to find ways to make this team better. We have to find ways to pull coals in this nearly undefeated team. We do that on the other side of the break right here on the Nightcap on CBS Sports Radio 1140. Hello. Your Monday Night Power Play, The Nightcap, on CBS Sports Radio 1140. Hellest of lows, my friends. Welcome back to The Nightcap. If you happen to miss any portion of our show or want to revisit some of our conversations we've had about all of the Vegas Gold Knights' success or just talking to some hockey legends like Manon Mareyum or Winnie Brown or Marty Turco, Radio.com app, download it, find it. Search out the, include the nightcap, and you should be able to catch up on all the great pieces of information that we have bestowed upon the hockey fans here in Las Vegas. Right, Paulito? You said it, Lindsay. Gosh, we're good at this. Um, Because we are so good at this, because the Golden Knights are so good at the hockeying, it's time to grade some people. It's time to see where we're at this season because there's not a ton to really, you know, poke and prod for for a team that's 7-1-1, one, and one. but there are some people that are playing better than others. I mean, we've talked extensively about, about Mark Stone and how, at least for me, I, I think he's the, actually, I, I know this, he's the best hockey player that I've ever seen play night in and night out. And he's not the most talented, but damn it, he's, He's pretty darn close, and his hard work, his his vision, his just overall leadership, it's an absolute treat to watch on a nightly basis, Paul, and it's something that years from now, you know, after our many championships, after our many cup celebrations, we'll look back on and be like, damn, we are super spoiled. So if Mark Stone is the A, Paul... He's the A. He's the A, yeah, I, even though he wears the C. I'll, I'll agree with you that he might not be the most talented, but he's probably the most gifted athlete yes. out there because he sees things that most don't 
see. I would say 95% of the NHL players don't see the things that he sees on a mm-hmm. nightly basis. He has brilliant vision. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt Anybody about it. Anybody can shoot the puck hard, Paul, but not everybody can you know, envision where you're going to be and where I need to put this puck to put you in the best position to score. So if Mark Stone is an A, who else for you, Paul, is playing well enough to be put into that A category so far in this still very young season for your Vegas Gold Knights? Probably Max Pacioretty. Yeah. Right off the top, uh, very easily. He's kind of the go-to guy on offense for this team. I mean, mm-hmm. really, while Stone is the Stone is the playmaker for yeah. many things, Pacioretty is the finisher. Uh, very, very clear that when it comes to that top line, you know, with with without those two, Stevenson's got, you know. He's a good player. Let's be honest. You know, Stevenson's the guy that, you know, wants to facilitate and make things happen. I think mm-hmm. Stone almost is the center on that line. Yes, he is uh, Stone and, 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 and Patches are the, the wings on the windmill while Stevenson is the one that is letting them run and run and run and hopefully fan the rest of the, the flames that are on this Vegas Golden Knights roster. That's a full A line. It really is. It's A's across yeah. the board. Probably an A minus for Stevenson because he doesn't have the, the, the gravitas, I suppose, that Mark and Max do. And you don't need him to. No, they don't need to, but he's a, he's, a, he's a very good fit and he's also, you know, putting up points as well so you Two know goals he's, last night paul right he's on the positive side of things so even if you just look at the top line it's it's a's across the board all right i'm gonna put mark andre flurry in the a category and i'm not just fishing for compliments or 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 for the flurry faithful that are, are very apparent in this town but i would be remiss to say that i i thought he was going to be this strong this early in the season just considering what we saw from him at the end of the year last year just kind of your natural progression as you move into your 30s and the athletic style that he's always played a very aggressive style that lends itself to a lot of you know circus level saves a lot of of really big momentum swings but when you're always swinging for the home run ball Paul sometimes you're going to strike out and and to see how he has been reinvigorated and honestly very much refined much more refined than I, I expected him to be it's 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 I'm so happy for him, and and you know Robin Leonard ha, he has he's three and one Robin Leonard Mark Andre is four and zero, oh. and and he Mark Andre sporting a goals against average at one point two five, which is basement dwelling in the best way, a save percentage at nine four four, which is obscene for 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 a goaltender at his age. But but in terms of having you know a guy to compete with day in and day out at practice and having the the time to let his body kind of rest and for him to realize, hey, I don't need to ask my body to do these saves in these ways. The way that he has played, you know, controlled and compact in his crease and challenging shots like these straightaways that sometimes he he would have the the tendency to kind of let his weight fall back to open up holes because we're trying to snare this out with the glove don't need the glove because my angle is so sharp i'm making myself look so big that i'm gonna catch it on the shoulder and it's gonna drop right down into my hands anyways i don't need to do all of this work and it's it's been such a calming presence for this team and and he's only gotten better so he's also in the a category for me for sure agreed He's uh, definitely an A minus. There's mm. no doubt about a it. Minus, now, think, a minus? How dare you? A minus. He hasn't faced as many shots as Robin Leonard has. This is true. Look at the competition that he's also had to face. The entire team is in that same boat too. So mm-hmm. you know, again, there's 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 just a little bit of a, a clip there. I mm-hmm. want to see what happens against Colorado if we manage to play them here in the next in the next few days. And clearly, sure. he's going to have to rebound against Anaheim too. So absolutely, A minus. So Mark Andre is an A minus. Still that A category. Where's Robin Leonard for you? Because 
Which is, this is where the comparison is. This is a goalie tandem. One is three and one. One is four and zero. Oh. But I think that we're on a, a little bit different platform with Robin Leonard. Where are you at with Robin Leonard right now? Uh, Robin Leonard still trying to get his sea legs. It feels that way since kind of day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's the lingering effects of that shoulder surgery, of which he took a nasty, nasty uh, hit to it the other night, which mm-hmm. will, again, that kind of, I mean. He was in practice today. Right. You, but you saw how it affected him during that game, and it took him a while to really shake that thing off. So you know mm-hmm. there's something happening there, too. So between, you know, just a few of the hits that he's taken, he has been in a little bit more of a shooting gallery. Uh, well, to, he's been to, under to, duress very early yes, in all of his contests. That's very true. People have been yes. pressing against him, too. And maybe that's just head games. Maybe that's just, you know, game philosophy going. If we can put a couple in, we're going to shake his confidence. Mm-hmm. It showed it just in only one game, obviously, that did come against the St. Louis Blues, yep. which was a shootout loss. So, I mean, again, you look at that, and you're like, hey, okay. You know, yep. it's what it is. Right. You know, it's what it is. But the... The t- the take on it is right now again. It's it can't be an incomplete because we've already been in goal. So he's probably a, a B B minus because it, like he has moments you're just like ish, but then he works his way back into the game. Like yesterday is a is a perfect example of that because there is no bigger like mind f than letting in your first goal on your first shot, let alone two goals on your first two shots. But to have him work through it, to have him realize. Okay, I'm getting a little bit outside of my net. I'm getting a little bit outside of my style. And and you can tell by him not finding his post at all times. You can tell with his weight falling back that that opens up the holes that just cr- creates the momentum that instead of being proactive in your saves, you're being reactive. And for somebody as big as he is to give up, you know, the short side goals that he is, it's a little concerning to me right now. And I have no doubt that he's going to work through it. It's just there's a very limited uh, size of uh, and, and amount of time that these guys get to be on the ice to work out these little things that make the goaltenders, uh, you know, good to great uh, or, or just playable to not. Because as you face more competition, as you face better competition, they will pick you apart a lot easier. And for somebody as big bodied as he is to be giving up short sighted goals that cannot become a pattern, even though it's starting to right now. But like I said, he has the work ethic. He knows how he operates the best which is in the blue paint which is playing his angles but something needs to be adjusted in terms of teams that are attacking him on the initial rush and picking a spot because if he's having a gap out and we know about his shootout history and and how his style lends itself he is better when he's able to compartmentalize the zone to start from his post with the puck down low because he's so big and if he doesn't have to move very long or very or very far Pucks just go off of him. But right now, he's being fished out of his crease, whether that's by, you know, handling the puck early, which which was uh, something that w- happened before the, the early goal yesterday, or just getting him uncomfortable. He needs to be able to focus up and kind of go into his... his Panda shell because I know pandas don't have shells, but I can't find a better metaphor for uh, other than cave. A turtle. Cave, the cave. Look right, at you, Paul. Right. This is why we pay you the big bucks. Who is like a B category person? Like, See, who's somebody who's so playing f- pretty well but isn't necessarily fi- finding their name on the score sheet? Every yeah, but for, but first of all, th- there are a lot more A's on this team. I agree. I, I, I mean, we I do not have all of the time. Yeah, right, but I mean, you're talking about you're talking about minutia at this point, trying to determine who is playing at that A level and who's playing at that B level because just based on you know points per minute and just 
you know, just and being active. Exactly. But just being active and, and being there, you know, Riley Smith's having a you know really solid start. Mm-hmm. Alex Tuck is off the charts right now. I'm Shea so Thad- for him. Shea Theodore is being Shay Theodore. I mean, there's right. no, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, as you talk about grays and things like that, it's very easy. It's simple to do with the goalies because you can kind of pick them apart a little bit because, you know, they mm-hmm. are the last line of defense. That's what they are. But in right. terms of the rest of this team and how they're shaking out, I don't see anybody that is performing at a, at a, just at a level where you're like, man, I better start putting up some red flags. And the only guy that I can't grade is Alex Petrangelo because he hasn't played in a couple of games. Right. And we really still haven't seen, you know, a real true impact of what he brings to the ice. Right. It just he has... The herd is moving incredibly well, Paul. And that's right. why I'm like, but we're trying to pick out the few Buffalo here that are, are, are kind of separating themselves, whether that's because they're so far and away ahead of people like Mark Stone or whether it's just... We didn't expect you to be at this pace by at this point. We didn't expect you to be kind of leading the group here. And you mentioned Alex Tuck. And and I, I wholeheartedly agree with you because he I feel like something has clicked with him. I really do. And and you know, three, four games ago, I wouldn't say it was quite there, but like I said and like you said, it's about minutia and we still have a very limited sample size here. But I'm seeing the same type of effort level in all three zones that was usually just reserved for that one time when we're in the offensive zone and the puck's near us and we have a scoring chance. And we all know about Alex Tuck, about his size, about his speed, about what he as a specimen offers, which is a basically unstoppable force when he decides to be. But I think he's not only deciding to be, I, I feel like he's believing in himself and I feel like he's expecting a full ice game from himself. Where, where do you kind of put Alex Tuck in, in terms of what you expected from him to start the season? Well, in the last couple of years, I've called Alex Tuck the freight train, mm-hmm. you know, where he just feels like he's he's unstoppable and he's just kind of rolling towards the net. He's seeing more. I'm not saying it's refined by any means. Selective. But the edges aren't as rough as they were where I, where I would have concerns about him because we're seeing him healthy finally and we're seeing that's true we're seeing what he's able to do again in the minutes that he's being provided but he's being called on in different situations and he's it, and he's keeping himself in position too and I think that injury point is really important because when you're when you're dealing with with stuff in the background if you're in pain or if you're not feeling yourself as fully as you should it's really easy to save all your energy for that almost breakaway for that that lean play that he loves to bring into the offensive zone but he's never been a guy that stops a lot. And that's a problem in hockey because stops and starts are the, are the building blocks for everything. And you're seeing him where he'll make an initial rush, bust his ass back to the defensive zone to make sure he's back in position in case there's a, in case there's a pass going through his area. And then getting back up ice for another ensuing rush. If you don't have that energy, if you don't have that confidence in yourself, you don't make that decision to go all the way back. You don't even get the second chance. And and that's why I think he's he's like an A-minus level for me. And the big question for him is, can you keep it up, Alex? Because the rest of the team's rolling pretty well. And so it's up to you to keep pace with what you've set for yourself so far. And we've set a blistering pace for ourselves already, Paul. We only got through a few grades, but that's okay because we got hockey talk all day, all night. But a few more minutes just for tonight because we do need to sleep. That's important for recovery, Paul. A little bit, a bit of recovery on the other side of the break. For your Golden Knights on the nightcap on CBS Sports Radio, 1140. The nightcap. That's a night with a K as in Golden Knights. Duh. On CBS Sports Radio, 1140.
can listen to anything we've done on the nightcap, any hockey talk, anybody we've talked to about hockey, any joke that Paul has not laughed at me for because he just doesn't like me having positive reinforcement. You're going to have to flag the jokes, I think, is the problem. Uh, this is true, because there are some deep dives, but you like, can find that on the, on the radio.com app, and we've got a brand new website that's a lot easier to navigate because UI is everything. So I highly recommend you guys checking that out and checking out the standings for the Honda West Division, Paul. Vegas Gold Knights find themselves atop of it with a record of 7-1-1, and 15 points. There is a three-way tie for, for points that have been uh, acquired so far with ourselves, the Avalanche, and the St. Louis Blues. But guess who's in the four spot, Paulito? Just guess. It's our next opponent, the Anaheim freaking Ducks. Who, who would have thought? Ducks. The Mighty Mighty Ducks from Anaheim, California, that is no longer affiliated with Disney, even though that was the biz- big biggest mistake they ever made in the franchise history, you know, besides the Ryan Kessler deal. But... I will move on. But it's going to be a big-time tilt for your, for your Vegas Golden Knights because they have two games against the Ducks on Tuesday and Thursday. Those are here. Yes, the Vegas Golden Knights will have road games. Those do exist. And uh, actually, their first, second road game or third road game will be in Arizona again to for that one game against the San Jose Sharks uh, to make up for uh, some those lost postponed games uh, that we experienced a week and a half ago. But I don't want to focus on San Jose. I don't want to focus on the abs on Sunday, which we don't really know if the abs on uh, next Sunday are going to happen. But when it comes to the Ducks, this is a sneaky little team, Paul, because they got a real good goaltender in John Gibson, and they played the Golden Knights pretty well to start out the season. They were their first opponent of the season. But what's your biggest concern uh, heading into the, the first couple of games here against the uh, Anaheim Ducks this week? Against the Ducks is just yeah. a matter of perhaps just not being able to maintain the momentum. It's easy to come back after a, after a layoff and go, okay, we need to prove something to ourselves, mm-hmm. which they did in, on Friday night. And then on Sunday, it was, again, the Sunday slog, clog, a little bit of whatever it is. And so they're still rolling through this. I mean, the fortunate part is familiarity breeds success. So I don't think they're going to have a problem with Anaheim. The problem would be is if they get a little complacent because they come off the high of the return. Mm-hmm. Two good game, you know, one and a half good games coming back. You know, they put Marc-Andre Fleury back in the net if this tandem goal thing continues. And they're able to push forward with this momentum. The Again, the concern is, is that the the high is gone. We've come back and we're settling in a little bit. What happens when you settle? The other team tends to take advantage of you. Yeah, absolutely. And and you're getting, you know, a very balanced scoring attack from the Ducks. There's not really anybody that's second or separated themselves. You have Max Comat- uh, Comatois, who I think scored a couple of those goals uh, against Vegas that are, is leading with points. He has five goals, one assist, and then Cardi Roney, uh, a, a winger with six points. And then it's like five, five, five. And with some defense uh, involved as well when you see that type of play, you know, they're not going to necessarily blow blow your socks off by any means, but they can stick with you. They, they can grind you yeah, down. Yeah, bore me to death. I mean, exactly. that's, that's, that's fine for and hockey. We, we don't like that as Knights. If, if you're going to play the Knights, bore them to death. Right. And and to have, you know, Ryan Getzlaff and and uh, and uh, Jacob Silverberg and, and Adam Henrique that have stuck around for this very, very long rebuild, for them to be in that technical uh, playoff position right now, they have to be smelling what they've been cooking and to do it in the way that they are by keeping games close by playing hockey the hard way where where we're gonna hit you we're gonna hopefully keep pucks to the outside and we're gonna rely on our goaltender but for once John Gibson is getting some support because that game and his play against the Golden Knights is always ready to go always uh challenging 
every best shooter that we have. And so it's a huge test for the Golden Knights to to play some old school hockey, some low scoring hockey and to trust the system and the structure that we talk so much about because I don't know if the Ducks will be down, be there down the road, but these types of games, these types of strategies will be super important when playoff time rolls around. And this team just needs to keep finding ways to find W's because while there are some of the giants of this division are sleepy timing right now that are paused because of COVID, you want you want to mind your gap. You want to make sure you put as much space between you and and those people that are below you in the standings right now. But you got to start with each shift. And you know what? How about we try not getting scored on in the first, like, minute? I'm all for us scoring, Paul. I'm all for that. But in terms of us, we need to shut that stuff down. I want to thank Paul for joining me today. Thank you to Marcus for making things sound great, as always. And thank you all for tuning in and joining us for another Nightcap. We'll be back next Monday starting at 5. Podcasts, all the things, all the hockey, all the sports. My name is Lindsay Brown, and this has been the Nightcap on CBS Sports Radio 1140. Bye. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.